listening to Connection Church's podcast. All right. Well, some of you may have been, um, have never taken communion that way before. And I just want to let you know, so many times we can get caught up in tradition and forget the purpose in which we do things. And the bread and the... The, the wine or the grape juice in which we had, that, that symbolizes the body and the blood of Jesus. And I hope we never, ever, ever forget the sacrifice Jesus paid for us. That's why we take communion. I hope none of you took that lightly this morning because it's so important because none of us have salvation. None of us have the guarantee of heaven through, without the blood of Jesus Christ and without what he did for us. So I'm just so thankful this morning that I, had, I got a chance before we even got started to be able just to, to remember what Jesus had done for me. So I hope throughout this message you will think about what Jesus has done for you and the sacrifice he's paid for us. Because it's so important. Because without him, we don't have anything. Amen? This series we've been going through, Dark Corners, is just a series where we're trying to shed light on sin in our life that either, number one, we've hidden or number two, that we've just been so consumed in life that we don't even, we don't even think about it. And t- today is one of those things that I want to shed some light on that God's really been laying on my heart pretty strong. Um, today as we talk about this, this sin here is something that I think it takes root and a lot of other sins come out of it. And that's through our mind. The sin of having a defiled mind, of having a foul mind, I think is something that, you know, we, we think that we don't sin as long as we don't act on things. But God says he wants us to follow him with our mind, our heart and our mind. Amen? So what we think matters. Like, uh-oh, some of y'all got this panic look on your face. Like, I might have think some things, but I don't say it. That don't mean I sin. No, if you think it is good, you might as well say it. I'm, gonna give you, I'm not giving you permission to do that this morning, but I'm just saying, if you're thinking it, it's just as good as saying it, because God knows our thoughts. So before we go any further, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, um, Lord, once again, we just want to thank you so much for the sacrifice uh, that, that you just offered for us, Lord. I thank you for Jesus this morning. I thank you for the price paid. And Lord, most of our lives never measure up to how much we really truly owe you for what you've done for us. But God, I pray that you break our spirit this morning, break our hearts, Lord, so that we really truly examine our lives and realize that we're not as good as we think we are. That God, we really truly I pray you would really truly move in our hearts such a way this morning that, that we realize that we do fail you. That we shouldn't have this self-righteous attitude that we should come to you and broken and thanking you every single day that you've shown us mercy. So God, speak to us this morning. Speak through this word. And God, I pray you would change our hearts and change our minds. And we leave here changed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, if you have a Bible, I hope you do turn it to uh, Romans chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible, we've got some in the back at uh, the next steps. We'll be glad to give it to you. And uh, if you don't have one, you can read it on the screen over here. This is where we're going to start. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says this. says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. That last part is so important. Talking about do not be conformed to to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Some people go to church and they still got the same mindset that they had before they met Jesus. And that's not what we're supposed to. We're supposed to change the way we think. Amen? Amen. When I got saved, my mind started changing of, of a lot of things. I, I thought things were acceptable, but in, real, in, in reality, they really were not. 
I thought I was supposed to act a certain way, but in reality, that was just tradition and not truly following Christ. Anybody with me? Come on. I know we're tired this morning, but y'all got to come on and give me something this morning. I'm tired too. Y'all got to energize me. All right? Amen? Amen? There we go. Come on. So when I think about, when it says don't be conformed to this world, but by the renewing of your mind, our mind is a powerful thing. If, if you make up your mind, I tell, I tell new Christians this all the time. I used to tell the youth this. You know, when you come to a certain situation, you got to already have your mind made up that you're not going to do this. Because if you don't have your mind made up before you get to it, you're just going to go any direction that your emotions lead you. Our mind is a powerful thing. We, we give our society so much praise because of how technology is right now, but what God created in the beginning has more power than any computer ever, ever been built. Our mind is so powerful. This week I was studying different functions of our body, and, and it, it amazes me. I don't see how anybody can look at the human body and not believe there is a God. Everything that has to work just for me to be talking right now, for my words to come out correct, all these muscles that have to move, the blood that has to flow, the function from my mind that makes me talk, and sometimes it doesn't function right. <laughs> but in reality, I mean, have you ever thought about how your mind has to tell your heart to pump the blood a certain pressure so that it makes your blood circulate? I mean, that, that's crazy to me. So that, so that your, your, your muscles will work and they'll grow. That fascinates me. How can we not think that our mind is powerless? When I get to thinking about how, how people make up their mind a certain way and different things, our subconscious controls the majority of what we do. What we subject ourselves to shows us or, or tells our, our mind what we think is right and wrong. The things that we are around... We, it just so, soaks up in our subconscious and it begins to, to reason what is right, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. So the things that we allow in our life affects the way we think, which entails affects the way we live. Amen? I'm not going to try to get too deep in this this morning, but it, it, really, it really changes the way we... I hope this changes the way you think about the programs you watch or, or the company you keep or what you allow into your thoughts. Because in reality, who you, what you think is who you are, not what you perceive to be. And our mind is the towers of our lives. In Proverbs, it says, so a man thinketh, so he is. So we can project one thing to everybody else, but in our mind, if we got all these nasty, defiled, hateful, lustful thoughts, we're no different. That's why God's word says we should take every thought captive. Not, not allow those thoughts to rule us. You know, I often think that, I know that the way we think often directs what we do and who we are. If you think about something long enough, you can talk yourself into doing anything. Amen? You can. You can talk yourself into doing it. You can justify anything. As long as you keep thinking about it, you keep talking about it. You know, Jeremy, it's going to be Okay. It's going to be, you know, just keep, you keep thinking about it, keep telling yourself that, eventually you'll do it. Our mind is so powerful. I want you to think about this morning. What has influence on your mind? What influences you every day? Our minds often affect the way we perceive other people, the way we perceive God, the way we perceive the current situation we're in, and also the, the way we feel about ourselves. What we put in our mind Shows those things. If you're around a bunch of negative people, you're going to be thinking negative. Amen? If you're around positive people, you're going to be positive. What you put, what's around you affects your thinking. Our thoughts help determine the direction of our lives and the quality of our relationships. And, and often, often our success and failures. And I've never felt that before, probably the last couple of weeks. You know, um, I, like to be, I like to be transparent in front of you guys, so I'm going to share something with you. You know, I never realized how much scrutiny you get until you become a pastor. You live in a big glass house on a big tall hill that everybody can see, and everybody's throwing rocks. 
You didn't do something, you didn't do it right this way, or you didn't do it good enough this way, or, or you was too firm this way, you weren't firm enough that way. And so you're hearing all this stuff back and forth. I don't believe I'd have preached it like that. I heard a guy, come, guy came in here and told me he was going to another church because I was too excitable. I wanted to say, I'm sorry I love Jesus, but I didn't do that. But, and, but it, it may, it, when you hear all those voices, it gets you into a place to where I, I was sitting at home. I told Sabrina, I said, I feel like, oh, I, I just all these voices, I feel like I'm failing. And she's like, you got to get those voices out of your head. You got to get that out and realize what God's doing and back off of that. We can allow all the negativity to affect us and it makes us think we're something we're not. And a lot of us have bought into the lie. Satan puts stuff like that in your head to try to get in your head so you won't be successful what God wants you to become or be. So you got to get those thoughts and those things out. What you subject yourself to eventually relate to who you are. It'll come into who you are. It'll make you who you are. You know, one of the things that I realized that we can't control other people. As much as we want to control other people, we can't control that. But we control how much effect they have on us. And we give too many people too much credit. We let their voices carry too much weight in our lives to where we think that they're right and we're, we're wrong in, in aspects. We got to quit comparing their voice. We got to start comparing their voice to God. Amen? Is what they're saying to me what, is what God will be saying to me? Is, is, it this, is this the truth or is this something from the devil? Amen? That's what we got to do. And I want you to realize that our minds are so powerful. That's why it's so important to guard our mind. With so much at stake here. I mean, with, when we believe in Christ, we have the knowledge and it goes to our heart. We have to love Jesus with all our heart, soul, and mind. But our mind controls the way we act and respond to situations. If we respond in anger, it's things that you pour in. The, the way you combat those things is you got to pour positive stuff in you're going to get positive things in. Amen? So I brought this water up here this morning. I mean, if I want good stuff in this glass, I'm not going to pour muddy water in here, am I? If I want good stuff, I'm not going to pour muddy water in here. I'm going to pour pure, something pure, something I know that's beneficial if I want good stuff in this glass. And the only way you're going to get something pure and beneficial is you've got to pour in the Word of God in your life. You got to get out the negative voices. Are you with me this morning? You got to pour it in every day a little more, a little more. And if this is where God wants us to be, we're not ever going to get there if we just do just enough to get by. We need to be consuming ourselves with the Word of God. Amen? And the more we pour in, the more we pour in of, of God, the more we pour in of Jesus, the more we pour in, the less of the world will be in our life. The less emptiness we will feel, the less void we will have. But in reality, we go to church every single Sunday and we stay like this. We stay empty. We stay void because we're not allowing the word of God to penetrate our hearts. We're not changing anything. We're still full of the world and a masking and putting a mask on and saying we're godly. And the only way that's going to happen is we've got to change our minds. And by changing our minds, by renewing our minds is by pouring more of God into us every single day. I would not survive I would not survive without spending time with God. And you will not either. You won't be the man or woman of God that God's called you to be until you really pour into him and press into Jesus. So, so much at stake, so much important. That's everything we see, everything we hear, everything we feel programs our thoughts. So our goal as believers is to understand God's word so that his thoughts will be in our minds. Amen? So that his ways are our ways. We can't know his ways unless we're studying his word. Amen? That's why it's so important. And the only way we're going to be able to live this life victoriously unless we're pouring in and seeking God. And if we're not doing that, then that means we're going to have a defiled mind. We will have a mind that is defiled. What does defiled mean? The word defiled means to make unclean or be impure. To, to, to be Less, to be corrupt, to have a debased mind is to, is to corrupt the purity or perfection of. God wants our minds to be pure, our motives to be few, pure. And if that's going to happen, then we have to make sure that we're pouring our lives out for the glory of God. 
I, don't, I just want to read something in uh, Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. It says this, it says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated. Set at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. It says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its principles and have put on the new self, which belongs, I mean, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of your creator. Verse two really speaks to me. It says, look, Set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. The way you fill your mind with, 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 the, with the things that God wants, you got to set your mind on earthly, on godly things. And that's what's crazy is when, when God saves us, we want to be pure. And, you know, we justify things. We can justify anything, can't we? You know, we can justify anything. I, I'm just going to look at this one movie. So what it's got 700 F-bombs in it? So what, so what if it has the Lord's name in vain? Man, that's a good movie. It's just a little something. Oh, it's just a little something. You know that music I listen to? Oh, boy, I love me some Hank Williams. Somebody's going to get mad about that. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I love this, this music. I love this, this music I'm listening to. It just, I just love it. I love the beat. But the lyrics are talking about sex and leaving your husband and, oh, but, you know, it's just a little thing. Constant movies, things we watch, people we're around, people, negative people that we're around, it's a constant influence. And before you know it, our minds are so tainted by this world that there's no difference in our life and our thoughts than anybody else. And even though we may perceive that our life is like this, we may perceive that our life is clear and we're holy and we're righteous, but we have nasty, hateful, mean thoughts. We look like this to God. And I think we've got to realize that. It's not about what you perceive to be. It's about who you are. And who are you this morning? Are you somebody that really wants to, to follow Christ? When I think about having a defiled mind, I mean, it's the subtle things that get you. At the doctor's office, it was a Sports Illustrated laying on the counter. And I was like, and I just, you know, you pick it up and it's got, it's a swimsuit edition. That thing was almost wore out. People been looking at it so much. <laughs> oh, but it ain't nothing. It's just a picture of a woman. No, that will defile a man's mind. You start thinking that, that you start looking at those women and, you, and, and a lot of times people will start lusting after that. It starts with the thought. But that thought would have never got there if you hadn't picked up that book. Same thing, it, it, it paints the picture for so many women to think that I have to look like this to please my husband and they feel like they're less of a woman if they don't look like that. That's Satan trying to tell you a lie. But we allow our thoughts by the stuff we look at to consume what we think reality is. I mean, commercials, watching TV, and you just watch one, you watch five minutes of TV and I want to throw up. And the stuff that's on there, I mean, it's, 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 it's sexual innuendos constantly. It's about how much skin you can show. If I can show enough skin, then I can sell this product. It's not about that. And the reason they do that is because it attracts people. And if God's people would start being God's people, they would change their advertising methods. But it shows the things of like, hey, if I can, if I can show this, beauty, this object, see, it kills me. Teenage girls. I, I had girls that was in youth group that were obsessed with how they look. 
They were obsessed with these things and thinking they had to look a certain way. And, and if they didn't look this way, then they felt cheapened. They felt devalued. They felt like they wouldn't, they wouldn't measure up. No boy would ever like them. What they don't realize is that them women don't look like that in person. Computer and, and makeup can do a lot of, lot of wonder for a lot of people. Amen. And so they, our, our society paints that picture. You have to be this for people to want you, for you to even be wanted. And you have thousands of people just trying to pursue those things. Because we think in our mind that that will bring us happiness and we're in turmoil trying to get it because we will never reach that level of perfection. What we think matters. The, the movies that we watch, I, it, it bothers me. I went, I went to a movie theater one day with some friends of mine and we were Christians and we were all sitting down and in the first five minutes of the, of the thing, I felt so uncomfortable. The lights were off. Nobody knew I was there but me and my wife and my friends. But I was thinking, even though I'm in the darkness by myself, I know that my God can see me. I know he knows what I'm subjecting myself to and I felt so uncomfortable. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't stand there. I had to get up and leave. Is your conviction that strong? See, we, we, the more we allow in our life, the more we become numb to those things that does not please God, and it's not a big deal. What we allow in our mind shows us what's acceptable and what's not. And a lot of times, that's not reality. What's that movie that, just, that came out about the sniper? Yeah, what was it? Yeah, I guess that was it. Anyway, it was about that sniper. Man, I want to see the movie so bad. Oh, I was wanting to go see it. Everybody was going to go see it. And I was like, man, you know, you ain't, Jeremy, you ain't American if you don't go watch that movie. You got to go watch that movie. And I looked on there and I seen the profanity in it. And I seen all those negative things that does not please God. So why would I go and subject myself to that if I know that doesn't please God? And I couldn't make myself go do it. And some of you right now are thinking, well, you're just being legalistic. Oh, you're being hard line. No, I'm being for real with you today. God's word says that I should, I, should, I should lean to what is holy and I should get away from me what is not holy. You have a choice what you allow your mind to be subjected to. How can we say I have a filthy mouth and I can't control it when everything you watch on TV is full of profanity and full of, and full of filth? How can you say that, you know, I have a problem with lust and I can't get rid of it when you're filling your life with all these things on the outside that promotes lust? You have to kill that sin, and it starts in the mind. What you allow in your heart shows those things. I, I tell you, a great example in my life, before Christ and after Christ, I used to love watching the show Friends on TV. Love watching it. But me and Sabrina watched every episode when we were dating. Maybe, we may be dating ourselves by saying that, but we watched every episode. Loved it. Well, we, we move, we move, and we get Netflix. Whoo, praise God for Netflix. And we on Netflix, and oh, watch, let's watch Friends. The second episode, I was like, oh, man. Oh, man. Sabrina's like, what? I was like, oh, I don't know if I can watch this. She's like, come on now. This is Friends. We've always watched this. I was like, I know, but Lord, that, I mean, they're promoting sex outside of marriage on here. They're promoting profanity on here. They're, they're promoting things that does not please God on this show. And we were watching it all these years and I didn't see a problem with it. But now in the eyes of God, I'm, I'm following God. My eyes have been opened and I see that this doesn't please God. Why would I subject myself to that? But yet we do it every single day, not thinking twice about it. The music we listen to. And you can match that if you want to. Oh, I like the beat. Come on now. How many of y'all have said that? I listen to it for the beat. You a lie. Because you might listen to it for the beat, but let me tell you, that lyric's get in your head. We were riding somewhere, it was right after we got saved, and, and, and a song, a rap song was on. And y'all don't hate on me. White people can walk, listen to rap music too. I like it. I have no rhythm, but I like rap music. But I was listening to it, and when I was listening to it, it was like, oh my God, baby, turn that. She's like, no, no you got to listen to the beat. I said, you can't listen to the beat unless you listen to what's going on. She was like, no, we got to listen, listen to the beat. So we ride a little bit more, look over there, and she's singing. And I was like, I thought you listened to the beat. She said, well, I was, but I kind of got carried away. I'm telling you, those things will suck you in if you don't know. And that, that's what gets me. Why do our teenagers think it's okay to have all these sexual partners? Because their music says so. 
Why do they say it's okay? The video games that we allow our kids to watch and even some of us adults watch are, are just pro- programming our minds into so many things. There's kids that kill other kids thinking like it's a game. Like I can do something and then, okay, hit reset and life starts over. It don't happen like that in real life. I was, I was reading some statistics watching between video games and, mo- and shows on TV. An average child before the age of 12 years old has already been subjected to over 80,000 simulated murders. 80,000. Watching it for their entertainment. But we think that that doesn't matter. What we allow in our minds shows what we value, what we don't value. And it'll show in our actions. What we subject our minds to often shapes our, per, our perception of life. Some of you are looking at me like right, right now like, you know, I'm fitting to go home. He's telling me I got to go home and turn off every, everything I got. I'm good. I got I to go off the grid to please God. No, you don't. God's called us to be in the world, but not of the world. And when people see that there's a difference in your life that you ain't going to watch that garbage on TV, they're like, you know what? There is something to this Jesus, man, because he's changed my friend. We've got to show the world there's a difference. There's another way than being a part of the way that there is right now. God's called us to renew our minds. And if we continue to subject ourselves to those things, eventually it will consume us. Every man that I know that's been addicted to pornography looked at it, oh, I'm just going to look at it one time. I'm going to look at it just one time. And then the next time, I'm going to look at it tomorrow. And then, and, and then it's a progression. These things, they're consumed by it and can't get out of it. It's what you allow yourself to be subjected to eventually will, will make you who you are. And, and I look at Christians that have been following God for a long time, and, and there's not, you know, they claim to be following Christ, but there's no change in their life. There's not a lot of growth in your life. If you're here today and there's not been a lot of growth in your life toward Christ, there may be a little bit of difference, but not a whole lot. Chances are you're pouring too much of the world into your life. You're not pressing into God. You're not wanting to shun what God hates. You're, in, you're, you're enjoying what God hates. And for us to be pleasing to God, a pleasing aroma to God, he says we should say, you know what, God? I value you more than anything else. I want you more than any, any satisfaction, than any movie I want to watch, than any music I want to listen to, because, God, I love you. It's not about being just these, you know, narrow-minded people. It's, it's about following God. And in reality, following God means it narrows your choices in this world right now. What do you want to do? Do you want to please everybody else or do you want to please God? Because it shows in what you watch, what you listen to, how, how you react. It shows those things. So what's your, let me ask you a question. So what's your thought life like? This past week, what, what, what was your thought life like? What was it like? Was it on godly things? Was it on heavenly things? I mean, some people, it's like, you know, something happens at work. And, and in their mind, they have just killed their coworker. And it's been a gruesome killing too. But they're like, you know what? I didn't act on it. God says, look, if you, if you hate your brother or sister in your heart, you've already committed murder. And our heart is directly tied into our minds. Just because you don't act on it doesn't mean it doesn't please God. What we think matters. How we think matters. And when you find yourself in that situation, caught up in, in bitterness and anger, you need to, and you, you find yourself imagining things that you shouldn't be imagining, that's when you've got to hold that thought captive and go to God and say, Lord, forgive me of that and replace these thoughts with things that please, that please you. And that's so contrary to this world today. Do you want to please God this morning? Amen? Anybody want to please God this morning? I mean, if we want to please God, then we will hold every thought captive. We will shun the things that don't please him so that it does not come into our mind so that we will not act upon those things. Our mind changes so much of how we respond to sin. And it's crazy to me of how we underestimate the power of those things. We're trying to fight the bad stuff instead of filling our life with good stuff. 
We're trying to fight, we're trying to fight sin instead of filling our life with Christ. You know what I've realized? The more I subject my life to Jesus Christ, the more I read God's word, the more I find myself doing less of those things that don't please God. But if we continue to make our life about behavior modification, if I try to stop myself from cussing instead of focusing on God, our life is all about just things that I can do. You, you can't be good enough to please God. But through following him and subjecting your life to him and, and reading his word, and the more you absorb of his word, the more he's going to come alive in your life. I was reading this morning in Romans. Romans 1 says this, says, For although they knew God, they neglected. They, I'm sorry. Although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their minds became futile. And their foolish hearts were darkened. So, so it, that tells me it don't matter what you know about God. You have a choice to obey him or not to obey him. And the more you don't obey him, the more your mind will become futile. The more your mind will become defiled. We have a choice every day. Do I want to please God? Or do I want to please me? In everything in our lives. Colossians 3 and verse 2, it says, setting our mind on things above, not on earthly things. Setting our minds above. Why should we set our minds on things above? Why? If you are truly a follower of Jesus Christ, the only, you, you have to put your mind on things above. You have to put your mind on Christ because you want to please him with your life, amen? Everything about you should be wanting to please God. That's why I love the end of verse four. It says, it says, when Christ, well, you need to highlight this, Circle it, asterisk, everything. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. When Christ, who is your life? See, that's the thing. Is Christ your life? Do you eat, sleep, breathe Jesus Christ? Some of you if, you, if you love Jesus as much as you did the Georgia Bulldogs, man, you would save some people from the glory of God. You would do some stuff. We worship these sports teams and it's like, oh, yeah, 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 but are we that excited about Jesus? Oh, y'all gonna look mean at me now. I said something about the dogs. That's why y'all upset. I'm sorry. That's why y'all upset. They lost. I should have put that together. But he says, look, when Christ, who is your life? See, that's what, you will not want to pursue the things that, that pleases God unless he is your life. You won't, you'll, you'll subject yourself to things that don't please him if your life is still about you. If your life is about pleasing him and honoring God and pursuing him with every ounce of your being, passionately in love with Jesus Christ, the God, man, I'm telling you, think about it. God sent Jesus to die on the cross for you could have eternal life. So your life should be all about Jesus, amen? I want to please you, Jesus. I want to do, man, Jesus, this might be hard. Might be hard, God, to, 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 to not watch these movies because I really like Rambo. I haven't watched Rambo in so long. I don't know if it's right or wrong. But anyhow, I'm just losing that as an example. I just really like this movie. I really want this. But if it does not please God, if the material in it doesn't please God, then I should love Jesus more than what I desire. And it all comes down to are you living for Christ or are you living for you? Every decision that you make, it's like it should show you who you're truly living for. Is this life about me or this life about Jesus? It's just, uh, it's just one of those things, man. I, I, I just get so consumed and, and it really breaks my heart. Because most people that profess to be Christians, Christ is not their life. I got to thinking about that just a couple weeks ago. When I get home, when I get up in, when I get up in the morning, I go in there and, and, I, and I go check on Payson. And, and then when I leave there, I'm thinking about him all day long. I'm at work. I wonder what he's doing. I wonder if his grandma is spoiling him too much. 
wondering if I'm going to have to hold him all night because she's held him all day. Thinking about all this stuff in my mind. I get home and I go in there and I see him and I can't wait to see the smile on his face and him just light up when he, see, when he hears my voice and, and, and just, just going to bed. Everything about it. I, I lose track of time. I'll get home at 6 o'clock. Next thing I know, it's 9 o'clock. It's like, man, where did the time go? I'm just sitting here enjoying pacing. And as I was sitting back there when communion was going on, I'm holding pacing and I'm thinking about how my God is holding me. See, when you're consumed by Christ, he is all you think about. He's the reason you get up in the morning. He's the reason you take your next breath. He's the reason that you are willing to stand against culture and not go do things that everybody else does because you want to please God. You want to please God. So what what everybody thinks? I want to please God because he is my life. And the thing is, you won't do that until he really is your life. And it doesn't matter how much you go to church. It doesn't matter how much you read your Bible. Is he your life? Is he your life? Because if he's not your life, you're not going to be willing to make that sacrifice to guard your mind, to not be a part of things that doesn't please him. But guys, I want you to understand that God wants you to renew your mind. When you start following Christ, when you start following Jesus, it's like, hey, I want you to renew your mind. And it's not going to happen overnight. Some people think that it happens right overnight, and it don't. It's a continuous, it's a, it's a, it's a process. I compare it to, to remodeling a house. I mean, remodeling a house takes time. It takes effort. You have to be intentional. Who, anybody here ever remodeled a house? It ain't fun, is it? It's not fun. It takes, it takes too long. It's, it's, always, it's always something, that there's a snag in it or something going on. That's Renewing your mind is like that. You have, to really, you have to make an accurate assessment of your life today. What, what do you allow in your life that doesn't please God? And start allowing God to renovate those things, saying, God, take this wall out. God, take this wall out right here. Take this wall of, of, of whatever shows you watch. God, help me take this out. God, these negative people over here, God, help me, Lord, take those voices out so it don't affect me, so that I'm pleasing to you constantly. See, when you remodel a house, you're making the existing house brand new inside. And that's what God's doing in your mind. He's trying to make your mind brand new. That old mind that was corrupted by the world, he's trying to make it new in the likeness of Christ. But we've got to allow him to make it new. We've got to come to him and say, Lord, help me. When I got to, to, to remodel the first house I remodeled, when I went to it, I didn't walk up there and the wall just fall down. I had to take some, I had to take some thought and some initiative and start beating it down. Some of you need to start beating walls down in your life. Stop just settling for where you are right now. Stop just settling for how you were walking with God right now and say, God, what can I take out of my life that would point me closer to you? What would please you more? And it's a process. It happens time and time again. I've never seen anybody to remodel a house, to tear, to tear everything out and build it back the exact same way it was. Because the purpose of remodeling a house is to make it new. And God says, when I saved you, when you become a new creature, when you began to start following me, when you, was a ch when you became a child of mine, I want to renew your mind. So from day one, that process should have started. And if it hadn't started, if you're, still, if you're still struggling with stuff, then you need to come and say, God, help me with this. Because I want my life to be yours. I want you to be my life. I want you to direct everything in me. Is that what you want this morning? Because there's hope in that. God desires our minds to be renewed, not the same. And the way that happens is, is through intentionality, through prayer. Spending time with God in prayer. Spending time in God's word. This is the living word of God. If you believe that, say amen. amen. It's the living word of God. It speaks to me every time I open the, this book and read it. And the more I read it, the more it's showing me God, the more it's renewing my mind into the likeness of Christ, the more it's giving me more desire to please him. You can't expect for a wall to fall down if you just go up there and hit it with a hammer every now and then. You got to be consistent. 
Same thing. Your life's not going to change. You're not going to pursue the things that God loves if you never open this book up and read it. It takes intentionality. It takes work. You have to want it. And the reason so many of you are not where you need to be with God because you don't want it bad enough. And he paid the sacrifice for us. So shouldn't we want it? He said, look, I'm going to die for you. I know how jacked up you are. I know how messed up you are. I know how bad you screwed up. But you know what? I want you in my family. I want you in my life. Jesus wants you. He died for you. He wanted you. So why not we say, you know what, God? I want you to just as much as you want me. I want to make the tough decisions. I want to be able to follow you. You'll never be able to do that unless you're really, truly following him, reading his word, praying. Praying is talking to God. Some of you say, well, I can't pray. I don't know the right way to pray. Let me tell you something. You talk to God like he's your friend. Talk to God. Share with him your heart, your deepest desire. God, I want to be more like you, but I don't know how to be that way. I pray that. God, show me. I don't know how. God, show me. He will. He's faithful. He didn't save you to leave you. And a lot of us are where you are because you left him. God's saying, look, read my word. Pray, talk to me. There's some things in our life that, we want, that we're in bondage to that we will never be released from unless we get serious about it. And, and Matthew says there's some things that only come out through prayer and fasting. That's doing without food. That's saying, God, I, 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 want, I want you more than I want this meal. God, I, I want to please you more than I want this meal. I realized that profanity had a hold in my life. I'd get around family and I'd get around friends that, that would cuss and carry on and tell dirty jokes. And next thing you know, I didn't have the intentions to do that, but before I knew it, I was right there with them. And I'd get in the truck to go home and I'd feel so defeated. And it's like, God, I've been praying. You, where you at? You ain't, what's going on? And I was so convicted about that. How can I tell people how much Jesus loves you and how he died to save you of your sins, how you're supposed to live for him when I'm not doing it myself? They hear the profanity, the, the nastiness of my mouth. And I was in my office one day and I was reading and I ran across that, that verse in Matthew and I fell to my knees that day and said, God, I want you more than anything else. God, take this out of me. And I fasted for a week. I didn't eat lunch for a week. That whole hour, I prayed for God to remove the temptation of, fat, of, that, of cussing and profanity out of my heart all week long, crying my eyes out, praying, God, I want you more than, than, than any of this stuff, God. If this don't please you, take it out. Let me tell you what happened at the end of that week. I went hunting with my family again. And I got back in the truck and I realized I didn't say one word. And the next day I went to work and I realized I didn't say one word. And the next day, and by the end of the week, I realized that God had delivered me from that. But he would have never delivered me from it if I hadn't have been so intentional of pleasing him. A lot of you are in the same sin you've always been in because you never really wanted to get it out of your life. Because if you want to please God that bad, you will do whatever it takes to please God. Because he's worthy, amen? If we truly believe that he died on the cross to save us of our sins, if we truly believe he's the Savior, then why do we act like he's not? Because when you choose your sin over Jesus, it's saying that you don't value him as much as he should be valued. So what's your thought life like? What's it been? What consumes your thoughts? What consumes your mind? Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, Think about these such things. If we're going to hold every thought captive, if we're going to shun the things that come into our mind, the moment it does, we've got to say, God, give me something else and think about something totally different. Are you thinking about these things? 
Think about last week. Did you think about things that were true? When I think about that, were you, were you caught up in gossip last week? Were you worried about what this person down the street was doing, what somebody, what, what Sally Joe said, that Susie Mae said about her? Or were you really, were you really worrying about what was true? I don't talk about gossip, everybody's face goes down. Well, what about something that is noble? Something that's held in high regard. Are you thinking about noble things? Think about things that are right, things that are pure, things that are lovely. If we're thinking about things that are lovely and, and, and that are great, we won't, we won't tote bitterness in our heart. See, that's the thing. You, we tote bitterness in our heart because we're looking at the negative things in people's lives. We want to focus on that one thing they did wrong to us, but they, we're not looking at the thousand things they did right. People make mistakes. We got to give people the grace that God gives us. Amen. Nobody's perfect. So what are you thinking about? Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy. So it's saying that if it's not excellent and praiseworthy, if it's not those things, then we really shouldn't be thinking about them. What's your thought life been? I heard a pastor one time say that if we took a, if there was an ability to be able to plug your brain into this projector screen right here. And every thought you had this past week would just go through that right there. Would you be okay with standing in front of everybody and say, I truly am a follower of Jesus Christ. I truly love Jesus. Every thought. Or would you take off and run with your tail stuck between your legs to the car and leave? Ashamed by this past week. I, I know this message is convicting because it's convicted me. And I didn't say these things to make you feel less of yourself. I want you to realize that we will never please God until we focus on pleasing God. You'll continue to watch the stuff. You'll continue to fill your mind with this junk that don't please God if you're not focusing on God. If he is not your life, your life will not reflect him. Nobody knows you better than you and God. And I wholeheartedly believe that God's tired of people faking it. I wholeheartedly believe God's tired of seeing people claim to be his followers but truly aren't. He wants, he wants people that are truly, authentically following him. Because that's the only ones of us that are going to make it to heaven. Are you truly, authentically following Christ? Because if you're not, don't leave here without getting right with him. We're going to close a little different than we have any other time you guys have been here. We're not going to play anything. I'm going to close us in prayer. And if you want to do business with God, you do business with God. I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to, I want you to do, I want you to want to please God enough to say, God, I want you more than all this other junk in my life. There's this altar right here. Where these two glasses sit? And which one of these is God looking down and seeing in your life? Is he seeing, he's seeing somebody that's truly wholeheartedly sold out to him. That's trying every day to be pure, trying to look just like this, or are we trying to look like this and we're really like this and we're okay with it? We say here all the time that it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. So God's moving in your heart this morning to lay sin on this altar. That's what this altar's for. If you don't know him, you really, want to, you really want to truly start following Christ with all your heart. You want to surrender your life to him. Maybe you've been religious. You want to give your life to him. You don't want to be a fake Christian. You want to be a true follower of Jesus Christ that wakes up in the morning and you eat, sleep, breathe Jesus. If that's you this morning, then I'll be right there in that corner over there. Come pray with me. Come pray with me. The decision is yours. And every Sunday, a lot of you come in this place and you leave the same way you came. Does your thought life show that you love Jesus? 
Because our actions show that, God, we really love you more than we love ourselves. By the way, we want to repent and we want to please God. The decision's yours today. Father, we close right now, Lord, thanking you. Just thanking you, God, for who you are. Lord, I just pray that all of us in this room would think about the things we allow in our life. The things that affect our thoughts, the people we are around, the negativity, the movies we watch, the music we listen to, the shows we watch on TV. God, I pray that you would convict our hearts of things in our life are not in order. I pray, God, you would convict our hearts if we need to change these things. Lord, the books we read. Please, Lord. God, I so desperately want to be. God, I just so desperately, 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 desperately want to be a man. That when you look down, you're pleased with me. God, I hope everybody in this room would be, would really truly want to be the people. When people look at us, they will say, those people love Jesus. Not that we're just a bunch of people going to church. So God, move in our hearts, Lord. God, break us, Lord, if we're not right with you. God, I just... So I'm sitting here thinking about how our thoughts are jacked up. Lord, I can't help but think about the angels right now that are swarming around heaven and singing, holy, holy, holy is it, Lord God Almighty. Lord, I, I, just, I, just, got, I, I just praise you, Lord, for being the God that you are that is so huge, that is so big that we can't even understand sometimes. But God, you loved us enough to send a way out of our sinfulness. You sent us Jesus, Lord. I thank you for him. Lord Jesus, I thank you for coming. I thank you, God, for that sacrifice for us, Lord. And I just pray, God, that my life would, would be worthy. That I would be able to, to live a life, God, that pleases you. That I would submit every day to you, Lord. Every breath I breathe, I would, I would just submit that to you, God. That I would wake up every morning realizing that, that you are holding me, Lord, like I hold my son. That, God, you want to talk to me every day like I want to talk to my son. That, God, you were just, Lord, you were so pleased when I turned from evil and I turned to you. So, God, I pray that our lives today, God, I pray that my life, Father, would every single day would glorify you, God. And, Lord, if there's anything in our hearts that doesn't please you, I pray, God, that you would stick your finger on it right now. If there's any hidden sin in our hearts, God, I pray you would put your finger on it right now, Lord. Any malice, any bitterness, any, God, any dissension, Lord, anything in our hearts, God, that doesn't please you. Forgive us, God, when we're apathetic, when we're lazy, when we don't want to really pursue you like you deserve to be pursued, God. Help us, God. Lord, I pray that you renew all of our minds today. And we will leave here going in a different direction, more intentional. So God, stir in our hearts. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.